Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, (laughs) we thank you for this time. We rejoice in you this morning. We thank you for being a good God, an awesome God, and and we're, we're so grateful that you saved us. Oh, God, you didn't have to save us, but you had us on your mind and you sent Jesus to die for us, to live his life and to die for us and to be raised for our justification. And then today we rejoice in Christ. Oh, we don't we don't rejoice in our own righteousness, that which is by the law, but we rejoice that righteousness, which is by faith in Christ. Oh, Father, we thank you that you made us righteous. And we stand before you as mere, not as mere men and women, but as the righteousness of God in Christ. And Father, it is in Christ that we live and move and have our existence. We thank you that you made us the heir, the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And Father, I thank you that our identity is in, is in, in Christ, that you don't see us in the first Adam, but in the last Adam, in Christ. That's who we are. (laughs) We're free in Christ. We are complete. There is nothing missing, nothing broken. We are complete. Everything we need, we have it in Christ. I thank you that you meet all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you cause us. Uh, Lord, I thank you that it's in Christ that we have healing. It's in Christ that we have peace. We not only have the peace of God, we have peace with God. I thank you that that which caused beef between us and you have been destroyed by the blood and the person, the work of Christ. And I thank you, Father, that we stand complete in him this morning. We rejoice in the fact that he is our savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and, and taking upon yourself our sins, our sickness, our disease, and becoming poor that we may become right, rich and righteous and healed through you. And we give your name glory and honor. Give unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Father, may your word of God come clear. May it be precise. May may I be faithful to the text. May I say what the word of God says. None of me, but all of you, Father. And give unto your peoples the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of your power towards them that believe? According to what you worked, worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and made him to be the head of all things to the church which is the fullness of you that filleth all in all. We give your name glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We serve a good God. The, the only God. God is good. God is good. And I want y'all to know that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray this week that God will make you a skillful laborer in this kingdom. Amen. In this kingdom. 
Amen. Glory to God. Last week, we, we began to, um, well, actually two weeks ago, we began to unpack Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. And so today we're going to finish up and complete today's, um, this Ephesians, this Ephesians prayer that is full, full of God's power and word. And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 15 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Last week, we talked about standing in the hope of the gospel. I mean, that message has been burning through me. I've been thinking about it. The hope in which the gospel has called us. We're no longer slaves. We choose to be slaves. But we are free men and women in Christ. And Paul is earnestly praying for the saints, the will of God. How many been blessed by this prayer? I mean, been praying it. Amen. And I just want to encourage you to pray it more. Make this part of your, your prayer life. Um, so Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, it says, For this reason, because I've heard, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Again, um, verse 16 says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. The apostle Paul constantly prayed for the people that he served as as apostle, overseer, as 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 a bishop, as a a servant of God, as a slave of God. He constantly had these people on their minds, on his mind. And and so here he's reminding them, he says, I give thanks for you. And it, it, it just encourages us to to give thanks. KLM, you are on my heart and you're in my mind, on my mind. Destin and I, as I take him to school, I go through a list. I spend time worshiping and hallowing the name of the Lord. So that's my little prayer. I, I use the Lord's prayer as a template. And so we begin to hallow the Lord and we, we, we speak well of the Lord as we're praying daily. And then we go and we pray for his mother and we lift up his mother. And then we begin to pray for his little brother. And then we pray for his day. Then guess what? We pray for KLM <laughs> and we begin to call out to the Lord and on your behalf. And we pray the Ephesians prayer and we pray in your specific needs and so forth. And so I just want you to know that I keep you. You are in my prayers often. Um, you, you, we, we are praying for you and we, we, we thank God for you. And he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers in my prayers, notice that it wasn't just a one-time event, but it was an ongoing that Paul prayed for these people at Ephesus ongoing. It was constantly, he was constantly praying and, and, and supplicating and, 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 and petitioning the Lord on their behalf. Verse 17, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. We spent some time talking about this, and Paul is approaching the Father. He's approaching the Father. He's petitioning for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him for these saints. He's praying that they would know the Lord better. How many know that? That's a good prayer to pray. Lord, I want to know you better. I just want to know you. May I know you. Paul said it in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Um, mainly uh, verse 10, it says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. 
in the fellowship of his suffering that I may know him. How many know that there's no greater joy than knowing him? Come on, talk to me. There's no greater joy than knowing him. You can know a lot of people, right? You can know the president. You can know, um, you can know celebrities. You can know your relatives, but it's nothing like knowing him. Yeah. Knowing him is the ultimate calling of every believer to know him. <laughs> that's, that's the cry of the believer to know the Lord. Um, um, David prayed like this. One thing that I have desired of the Lord, that which I seek after that I may dwell in his house forever. I believe David wasn't just talking about the temple, but that he had something greater. It was he who was in the temple that that's what David was after. And that's what he desired, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord, that I may behold him. To know him is the greatest thing that a person can ever accomplish in life. To know God. I don't know about you, but I want to know him. And Paul is praying for the believers of at the church of Ephesus that they may know him better. God give them the spirit of wisdom in revelation in the knowledge of him that they may know you better. Amen. Verse 18. He goes on. He says, so the reason why he's asking that they may know him better, that God will grant unto him, get unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation is so that the having the eyes of their hearts or your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now we spent quite some time um, last week talking about the hope in which he has called us. So Paul is praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation be given unto those, these people, these saints so that their eyes could be opened. How many know the entire world lies in darkness and we need light. I don't care how saved you are, because you are saved, because Jesus saves to the utmost. How, how much you know the Lord, you can still use some more light. You have never, you, we have never, we, we will never arrive to a place that we know all there is to know. And so uh, it's going to take all of eternity to know God. Let me say that again. It's going to take all of eternity to know God. It's going to be forever. So when we get to eternity, we was like, wow, what you knew back there is just a little bit. There's so much more it's going to take forever to know. So it's going to all of eternity. So whenever eternity is, you'll know all there is to know about God. And so uh, without the Holy Spirit giving us light, we will remain in darkness. The Holy Spirit uses the word. The Holy Spirit uses the word to give his children light. Now, let's go. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures based on this. Um, Psalm 119. Let's go there real quick. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Thank you, Lord. Talking about heirs of God. Today's message is called heirs of God. Everybody say heirs of God. Psalm 119. Let's look at verse um, 130. Psalm 119 verse 130. This is like the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, 130. It simply says this. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Um, King James says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. The unfolding of your words gives light. So as we grow in our understanding, we will know more or know better. So God uses the word to lighten us, to enlighten us, to give us light. 
The Bible is not just a book for us to say, oh, that is a religious book, but it is a book that God has given us so that we can be enlightened, so that we can know him better. For it is the way of salvation. It is the way to live. God has given us everything we need in the word of God. There's, there are no, there are no problems that you have that the word of God doesn't give us the answer for. Let me say it again. There are no problems that you have that the word of God does not give you the answer for. How many know that people struggle with that? They're looking for solutions and all the other all other places but the word of God. But the word of God gives us what we need. And so the entrance or the unfolding of the word of God or the words of God will bring understanding and give us light. First John chapter five, verse 19 says that the whole world lies in darkness. Look around us. We'll see darkness all around us. So the world is in darkness. And then, of course, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, it talks about the God of this world has blinded men and women. And so even Christians are blinded. There are so many Christians who are blinded. Just think about it. Five hundred years ago, um, the, the church, the universal church, the church at large uh, was blinded by traditions of men and women. They were locked up in a untruth. They were in darkness. And God began to raise up reformers or, 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 or revolutionists. And they began to see things in the scripture that was always, always there. And, and as they saw light, they began to blaze the trail for us today. But thank God it didn't start with 500 years ago. It goes all the way back to the beginning. Well, God created the heavens and the earth. And he says, let there be light. And so even in the world of darkness, even in the beginning where there was chaos and there was darkness and voidness on the earth, God spoke his word to provide light for his people. Amen. So we, can, we have an inheritance from God all the way from the beginning. That, that from the beginning he spoke and he wanted this world to be full of lights. Unfortunately, it was full of darkness. There was something that happened between most um, historians and, uh, and, uh, and, and theologians will agree that something happened between Genesis chapter one, verse one and Genesis chapter one, verse two, where God created. And then there was the earth was void and full of darkness. But God had the solution by through his word. Amen. So if you if your world is darkness, there, if there's if your world is full of darkness, the, the solution is God's word. <laughs> God's word. First um, Corinthians chapter 13, verse nine talks about we know in part, we prophesy in part, our, our knowledge is limited. And so just know that unless the Lord intervenes, we will remain in darkness. Uh, this prayer that Apostle Paul is praying, go back to Ephesians one, this prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying, he, he, he's, he's asking the father to grant his children the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of their understanding will be flooded with light, flooded with light. That's, um, that's amplified flooded with light. We need our understanding flooded with light. Amen. Amen. And so here we go. It says, um, verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope what, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And what are, 
Okay, let's talk about this hope real quick. Just a reminder, what is this hope? What is the hope that, it, and I say last week, I said the hope of the gospel. It is the expectation that God has for all his children. He is praying that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will. What does God expect from his children? And he continues by saying, having their eyes open, that they may know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Did you see that? Let's look at verse, latter part of 18. What are the riches? What are the values of his glorious inheritance in the saints? There's a great debate whether or not it's the um, inheritance of God, that's God's inheritance, or if it's the saints' inheritance. But I like what some, one guy says. He says it, it's, it's both. <laughs> it's God's inheritance and our inheritance. Amen. We are his and he is ours. And so um, this, it goes on, this, it talks about uh, go, Lamentations. Let go, let's go over to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. You should be, f- be familiar with Lamentations. That, that's, that's exactly what we, uh, you know, we preached through a while back. Lamenta- this summer, Lamentations chapter 3. <laughs> Everybody's struggling. Where's Lamentations? <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24. Verse 24. Glory to God. And I am struggling with Lamentations. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24. Let me just use the screen. The Lord is my portion, <laughs> says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. So what I want to emphasize is the Lord is my portion. Everybody say the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Okay, let's go to Psalm 16, Psalm 16, Psalm 16, verse 5, Psalm 16, verse 5. It says, the Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. Okay, so how many, again, just reiterate, um, um, just repeating itself that the Lord is our portion or he is our inheritance. Let's go one last scripture in Psalm, Psalm 116, Psalm 116, Psalm 116. Let's look at verse 15. It says this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his what? Saints. Precious. So when a saint dies, it's precious. It's precious. Uh, I just point out those scriptures to say this. That we, what we're praying for, we're praying that we'll understand God's inheritance in us and our inheritance in Him. That's what we're praying. We're praying to understand this. There is a glorious inheritance that the Lord receives. It is God's inheritance, and yet it's the, it's the saints, as the saints, we are, we are heirs. It is the inheritance of God's own planning, preparing, and bestowing. So in other words, the Apostle Paul is praying this, that we may know who we are in Christ and that we may know who Christ is in us, that we may know who God is and that we may know who we are in him. So what are the riches, right? You think about riches. What, what do you think about? You think about money or something that is valuable 
what are the riches or what are the values of his glorious, notice his glorious, inheritance in the saints. And so the scripture in Psalm 116 says, how precious is the death of one of his saints, that God has value, we are, um, we are valued in his sight. Are you with me? So the Apostle Paul is praying that they understand how valuable they are to God. How valuable they are to God. I don't think we understand how valuable we are to God. We often, we talk about the sin nature of, of humanity, which we should. But don't stay there. He has made us worthy. He has made us righteous. I stand before you as clean before Adam, and clean before God as Adam and Eve were before the fall. You sit before God and before man as clean before God as Adam and Eve were before they fell into sin. We are God says over and over again, he separates us from our sins as far as the east and from the west. East and west, they never match, right? They never meet up. So you're praying that you'll know that. You know how valuable you are. If you're dealing with low self-esteem, and for years I've dealt with low self-esteem, I thought I was a worm and, and God didn't really want me and need me. I felt like less than, right? Some of that was from racism. <laughs> from that was w- what was said to me as a kid. Um, there was a saying in my family that, um, you know, I'm DLW1 and my brother's DLW2 was number one son, which I was the number one son or the first grandson. Number one son is not too bright. It was a joke, but those words came, entered into my life and they stopped me from flourishing and becoming the man who God wanted me to be. So be careful what you say to kids. We don't call kids bad in our house. You might have been naughty, but you're not bad. We're not going to speak those things over your life. Boy, I'm going to whoop you. (laughs) I'm going to smake you, but I'm not calling you bad. I'm calling you blessed to the Lord and obedient. You have this. Every day we pray and we confess for Destin and I. I thank you, Lord, that I have the spirit of obedience. I obey those who are in authority as long as they don't violate me. Amen. Amen. And so those are the things that we, 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 so Paul is praying that they may know how valuable they are to God. How many know when you know who, how valuable you are to God, then you can say, who can stand before me? Who can be against me? Uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's what Paul is praying. Understand that God is for you. Even as Anthony Brown wrote that song, you know, you thought I was worthy. You know, you thought I was worth it. I, I, you know, first I had a problem with it. Well, I don't know how scripture that is, but how scripture it is. He did think we were worth it. He thought that for the joy that was set before us, he endured the cross. Amen. And we're that joy. We're that glory that he had. I was on the old hymn writer says this. I was on his mind when he was on the cross. Oh, glory to God. God had me on his mind when Jesus was on the cross. He was thinking about us. Amen. Glory to God. Go back to Ephesians chapter one. So we're praying that we may know, actually go to Colossians 1, sorry, Colossians 1, verse 12. We're praying, he, Paul is praying that they, he, they know how valuable, what are the riches, what are the riches? So there's more than just one, right? What are the riches 
of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. It says this, giving thanks to the Father who has what? Qualified us to share in what? The inheritance of who? Of the saints in light. He's qualified us. He made us able to meet. He, we, we meet the qualification for this inheritance. What's the qualification? The blood of Jesus. The blood made, made us worthy. The blood gave, gives us access to the inheritance of the saints. <laughs> Glory to God. So Paul is praying this. He's, he's petitioning God. See, <clears throat> I think that a lot of believers just don't understand how valuable they are, what it costs God to save them. God didn't save us just for his pleasure, which he did, but he also saved us to let us know how much he loved us. His love for us is unstoppable, undeniable. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Man, that's good news. And there's nothing I do or don't do can ever stop God from loving me. Get settled in that reality. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. No sin, no disobedience, and no, no obedience can make him love me more. <laughs> no obedience. There's nothing I can do to make God love me more than he does right now. Good news, right? Just like those with children, nothing that that child can do ever stop your love for that child. That, child, that love is unconditional. I'm going to always love you. No matter what you decide to do in your life, my love for you remains the same. How much more our Heavenly Father. Get, develop faith in the love of God. He loves me. And his love for me, his, he, he doesn't only love me, but he likes me. He likes me. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God, according to his likeness, according to his design. Amen. Um, so let's go back to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Paul is praying that they'll discover what is the hope of the eternal inheritance to which we are called to, that they may truly see and believe those good things which they shall enjoy both here on earth and also in the age to come. Also in the age to come. How I many know there is an age that is coming? Um, something that is different from this age. Even as we prayed earlier, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord, come. Crack the sky, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for... How I many know that, that's a scriptural prayer? <clears throat> that's, the, what, that's what we should be praying for. Um, Paul is praying that they understand this inheritance. That they will understand God's inheritance and they will understand their inheritance. Notice this, that, that he's praying that they'll know who they are in Christ. How many know that for too long we have been walking beneath our privileges? Amen. It's like I, you might have a, a check written to you for a million dollars, but you struggling, right? And don't realize that's in my possession. God has given us some things in, his, in our possession. Okay, so let's go back to Ephesians 1. 
verse 19. It says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? Let's stop there. What is the immeasurable or the exceeding greatness of his power, not just his power in general, but his power towards who? Us, because what? We believe, right? Um, you notice the scripture in Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles, but it's to those who what? Believe. So the power is available, but it's only... It's only accessed through our faith in the finished work of the cross. It says, so this immeasurable, this, this power that cannot be contained, this power that is too big, this power that is vast, this power that is enormous, that cannot be measured. He's praying, what is the immeasurable greatness of this power that is towards us because we believe? He's praying, to understand your authority, understanding how much power you have in Christ. Man, that's a powerful prayer. First, he starts off, Lord, I pray that they'll know that their eyes will be open, that they'll know you better, they have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that they'll know the hope on which the gospel has called them to, that they may know how valuable they are, that they may know the inheritance they have in Christ. That they may know the power that is available to them because they are believers. I mean, that's really deep prayer. That, that sounds a little bit of almost the Lord's Prayer. You know, it, it's almost similar. And then you got some other prayers in Colossians 1 and, and, and that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and so forth. But he's praying God, I want them to understand the immeasurable greatness of your power towards them that believe. This power that they have access to. You're not just anybody, but you have supernatural power available to you. You have favor. Favor will go, will take you places that money cannot buy. All right, give you an example. Let's, let's, let's talk about this power. Um, we know that death and life are in the power of the what? tongue, right? How many have been speaking some things? <laughs> if you haven't, you know, start today. <laughs> um, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, so Courtney goes into her water breaks. All right, first, you know, she worked that day. Um, it's, it's 9 o'clock. She gets home 9 o'clock at night, and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. I'm going to bed. She ate. She, she went upstairs. I went to my study. She, instead of going to bed, she goes into Declan's room, gets in a rocking chair. She sits. And uh, she falls asleep. I mean, she had that problem way before pregnancy. <laughs> and so she falls asleep. Uh, and she falls asleep and she hears this big pop. And she wakes up and she looks and there's water. And she texts me, I think my water just broke. So when I get the text, I'm downstairs on the computer in my study, but I have um, coconut oil, unrefined coconut oil in my mouth. I'm doing what is called oil pulling. You know anything about that? Took it up. So I'm doing this oil pulling and I'm swash, switching my mouth for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, because Dr. Axe actually taught me how to do that. But Courtney told me years ago, but I just listened to Dr. Axe because, you know, he's a doctor, right? Uh, so I'm doing this. And so this coconut oil is about to spit out on my computer because I see the text. 
I didn't just see this. <laughs> and so I go and I spit it out in the garbage. And I rinse my mouth. I run upstairs. And she said, my water definitely broke. I looked it up on the internet. <laughs> I Googled it. And so she goes, so I said, what do you want me to do? She says, call the doctor. So I call the doctor. The doctor says, get to the hospital as soon as possible. Courtney says, uh, I'm going to take a shower. So she takes a 45 minute shower. And then she's like, oh, I got to get my hair done. So she does her hair another 20, 30 minutes. And she's, oh, I forgot to pack. So we need to get my clothes. So I'm running around and her cousin's running around and we're trying to get, what do you want? What do you want? This and that, that. So we packed, we packed her bag. And then she said, okay, let's go. I think we should go because if we don't, this baby's going to come out and I'm going to have it at home. All right. So, so we go to the hospital. So the contraction goes from five minutes to two minutes, right? Five minutes to two minutes. Keep that in mind. And so, um, Five minutes from five minutes apart to two minutes, all right, apart. So we go, we get in the car, and she's, um, we're driving. I'm trying to drive. This is my only time I could drive legally, like, like to speed and not get into trouble. So I'm just like breaking all kinds of laws, running red lights just because. All right. I'm like, this is my once in a long chance. I can do this. I can do this. If I get pulled over, then I'll have an escort. You know, so I'm, I was like, yo, I want somebody to stop me today. <laughs> so I'm breaking the law. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it. I'm really doing this. This is a real true story. And so, Courtney decides, oh, oh, she, she's going to get the song of the Lord while, while she's in labor. And so she starts singing, oh, no, 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 the Lord is giving us these songs, and I'm trying to drive fast. I pull out my phone to record it. Then she's like, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. She prayed. Heaven and earth, she's praying. I'm like, why you all want to have a service on the way to the, to the, to the hospital? So... I'm trying to get my phone out. I'm trying to record this. I was like, man, because last time she got like 20 songs before Destiny was born. So I was like, oh, we don't want to miss this. This is where the, the wealth is. <laughs> you know, these songs, right? The songs of the Lord. going to bless the church and make us a lot of money. So let me record. And so I, I get like half of it. You know, so we get to the hospital. I drop her off first. And then I'm parking. And I'm thinking she's already up in the delivery. Um, they have her sitting down in the ER. And I'm like, um, my wife is pregnant and you got, and these contractions are two minutes apart. And they're taking their time. By the time we get up to, now remember 1116, we get to the hospital and settle in about 110, 115. That's a long time, right? The baby could have came in a, in a, in a, in a, in a car. And so we get up there and I set up the little Bluetooth, play some praise and worship. And then all of a sudden she is, um, now, they checked her. It's only two centimeters. She's like, what? Two centimeters? My water broke? And these contractions are two minutes apart. Uh, they said, oh, the baby probably come around eight-ish that day. So this, this is like 1.30 something. And so we go and, you know, and then the nurse, the nurse that was assigned to was a, a black uh, first lady who was anointed. <laughs> and so we pray and praise and worship and, and whatnot. And, and so Courtney's like, uh, uh, so we go on. So labors are getting more intense. So it's like 2 o'clock, 2.30. I said, let's pray. I said, I don't want to be laboring like I'm laboring. I don't want to be laboring all night. What can you believe God for? Do you want to have this baby real quick? Or what's the deal? She's like, I want the baby out. I said, okay. Remember, we're talking about praying for the power, right? The power that's authority that, that we have in Jesus. So I said, okay, Father, I thank you that we have authority in your name. The name of Jesus, and I worship you, and I glorify you. We worshiping God, and the music is on, and I mean, there's praise and worship. And I said, and in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak to Declan. I command you to come now. Come quickly in Jesus' name. And then um, I, she's like, pray for my cervix. So I said, cervix, what's that? <laughs> uh, cervix? Uh, so I said, in the name of Jesus, I, she said, pray that it open up. I said, cervix in Jesus' name, be open. 
She said, I feel it moving. All right. And then she said, also pray for the pelvis. I said, pelvis. And I think I was pronouncing it wrong. She's like, Elvis, like pelvis. And it's a true story. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, pelvis be open. All right. So about an hour, 15 minutes or hour, 15 minutes. The contraction went from, you know, every five minutes, two minutes to every two seconds or something. And she's like, I got to go to the bathroom. So I take her to the bathroom. She, and she's like, and the doctor, the nurse is like, what are y'all doing? I said, well, she has to do number two. And the doctor says, um, 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 the nurse says, nah, um, I think that's the baby. And, 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 and I'm not trying to have no baby in the toilet today. And so, so Courtney is arguing with the nurse. No, I know my body. I got to poop. This is not the baby. The baby is not coming out. And so we go. So I, I got to convince Courtney to get back to the bed. And she's arguing with the nurse and they're going back and forth. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. No, 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 no. This is poop. I know. And they go back. And forth. No, this is a baby. So they go back and forth. <clears throat> I'm praying the tongues like, Lord, give me wisdom. I was say something to my wife. She's going to be upset with me forever. And the nurse, she's like, you, what you going to do? So I finally, we finally convinced her. She get back to the hospital bed. And then all of a sudden she does, um, um, she pushes three times and the baby comes out. And I'm like, wow, power in our what? Words. I said, wait, let's fix some bills now. I spoke to the baby. <laughs> I did. No lie. <laughs> That's a true story. But just to let you know, you have power. You have authority. Amen. So Paul is praying that the, that you may know what is what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Real quick before I quit, it says this. But it's not just any kind of power, it's the power that he worked, King James says, he, he wrought in Christ. When he what? Let, let's take a look at these the six demonstrations of this power. Everybody say six demonstration. Okay, six demonstration. Number one, he raised him from the dead. That was one of his, um, one of, um, his demonstration of this power that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. How many of it took power to raise Christ from the dead? I'm reminded of Romans 8 that says, um, that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. So the very same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of me. That's some power. Come on, talk to me. That you may know what is um, the immeasurable greatness of his power, which he worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. Let's talk, let's talk about the second element or aspect of this power. And then he seated him in the, his, out his right hand in the heavenly places. So not only did he raise him from the dead, but he ascended him and set him at his right hand. Man, that's power. And then turns around, he says, not only did he sit him at his right hand, the third aspect is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. So he not only did he raise him from the dead, not only did he sit him at his own right hand, but he made him far above every other power. There's no greater power than power of Jesus. Then he goes on, he says, Far above, this is the third aspect of this power, far above, far above every name that is named both in this age and the age to come. So not only did he raise him from the dead, sit him at his right hand, gave him a power over all authorities and all powers, but gave him a name that is above every name. A name not only is greater in this age or this time period, but also in the one to come. 
man, he gave him a name that is powerful in both ages. In this age and in the age to come, the eternal age, the timeless age, I'm giving you a name that's going to be powerful here and there. Here's another element of this power. He's put all things under his feet. So not only did he make him far above in authority wise, above demons and angels and so forth. Not only did he give him a name that is above every name, but he put everything under his feet, which speaks of what? Authority. He, everything is under Jesus feet. This is why we can say that Jesus is Lord. That he is Lord over, there's not one part of this culture that Jesus doesn't say, it's mine. He screams, it is mine. It's mine by the fact that I created it, and number two, by the fact that I paid for it. Everything in creation belongs to him. That's Colossians 1. And then turns around, he says, he made him the head over all things to the church which fills all in all. So this last aspect of the power is that he is the head, he is the authority, he is the leader, he is the ruler over the church. And raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand, far above all authorities, gave him a name above every name, put everything under his feet, and made him the head of all things to the church. Now, question for you, glad you asked. What, how, does that, how does that relate to me? How, how's that? Um, this power um, that calls Jesus um, to sit at the right hand of the Father also calls him to be above everything. But check this out. According to Ephesians 2, go over there, next chapter, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And raised us up with who? With him and seated us where? With him in what? Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where, where, where is it that you and I are seated, seated? We're seated at the right hand of the Father. Our identity is with Him. And Ephesians 1, 3 says, God has blessed us and has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places. So our rightful place is in Christ. So not only are, not only is Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, we're seated with Him as well. God never never gave an angel a seat next to him. No other creature is seated next to God but us. That's our authority. That's what Paul is praying. Open these eyes that they may understand the power that is available to them. Then he goes on, he says this. Um, Jesus is above every authority and ruler and power and dominion. Guess what? We are too. We are called to reign in life through Christ. Uh, some of y'all don't quite believe me, but go over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, real quick. My time is getting away. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says this. Luke 10, verse 19, it says that, and he said to them, uh, let's look at 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Who got power? I love the fact that the, the song we said, victory belongs to Jesus. 
Victory belongs to him. But here's the twist. Victory belongs to us. He overcame so that we can overcome. So this power, this authority that we have in Jesus, right? This power, this authority, not only did God give him authority over all dominion and rule and power, but we have authority over the enemy. Okay, you know, James, we just got finished studying the book of James not too long. It says, and submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to what? Flee. So we can tell the devil to leave. You do not have to sit there and allow the devil to torment you. You don't have to deal with depression. You don't have to deal with sickness and disease. I speak, you know, they said they they diagnosed me with asthma. So when I speak, I said, asthma in Jesus' name, get out of my body. I command you to go in Jesus' name. I speak to you by the authority of the name of Jesus, and I drive you out of my system. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm telling you, we have authority. Amen. Um, Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. The message is called Heirs of God. Heirs of God. John chapter 14. Let's go there. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. You got to say, I got it. John chapter 14. Is this blessing you today? Are you learning something today? Are you seeing the power of this prayer? When you pray this prayer, you're not just praying some little, you know, rosemary. <laughs> you're praying power. You're praying to understand the gospel. You're praying to understand what Jesus has done for, how God, what God has done for us in Christ. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, it says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. So we know from the scripture that we're to do the works of Jesus. And we see Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, forgiving people of sins. Now, of course, do we forgive people of sins? Absolutely, because when they sin against us. But we help them to understand that there's forgiveness available to them through the blood of Jesus. Um, The greater works, right? Um, I don't think you can do a greater work than raising somebody from the dead. I think what he actually means is that the greater works is that the works that he did will be multiplied by all of believers. Whereas he was just one Jesus, now there are many believers, many Christians, many Christ-likes, many followers of Christ. Are you with me? And so so now this, this has multiplied, and we're all acting like Jesus. Come on, talk to me. If every believer will believe the Bible and act upon it, we'll be acting like Jesus. We'll be conformed to Jesus. Husbands will love their wives as Christ loves the church. Wives will submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. And the children will be obedient. Come on, talk to me. The fathers will provide structure and and, and admonishment and, 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 and developing, cultivating the fear of the Lord. Wives will be godly and teaching others. And I mean, come on, talk to me. Uh, we, if we multiply, we're working at work as, as, as slaves or um, servants are serving their, their masters, we're serving our employee, right, employer, and we're serving unto the Lord. The kingdom is coming, and the kingdom is manifested. We, 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 are, we are displaying what Jesus will look like if he worked for them. Amen. Um, here he says the greater works. So we're supposed to be doing the works of Jesus, the works of Jesus, um, saving the lost, uh, going after the lost, raising the dead, ministering to the brokenhearted. Um, you got, you got broken people all everywhere you go. Even if it's you in the mirror, <laughs> let me minister the word to myself. 
for the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. So if I need some medicine for my soul, some medicine for my sick soul, let me get the word of God. Let me remind myself of who he is. Amen. Verse um, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, this will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, verse 13 could be kind of tricky because in the Greek, the word ask is not petitioning, it's demanding. It's commanding. Let me read this. Whatever you command in my name, this I will do. Are we commanding anything of the Father? Absolutely not. Are we commanding anything of the Son or the Holy Spirit? No. But we can command of our bodies. We can command of situations. Come on. You command those things, and Jesus says, I will do it. Don't have time to go there, but Hebrews 3 verse 1 says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. It is the responsibility of Jesus to bring to pass the word that we speak out of our mouths. Jesus is there to administer the word that we confess and bring it to pass. (laughs) He's the high priest of your confession. So what you say, if you say that he's Lord, he administers his salvation to you. You say that he's healing, healer, he ministers his healing to you. You say that he's a deliverer, he ministers his deliverance. You say that he's wisdom, he'll minister his wisdom to you. Are you with me? Are you getting something out of this? Whatever you say that the Lord is, that's what he'll become to you. There's some people who only say that he's Savior, and that's all he'll ever be to them because that's all they ever say. But you say he's a healer, savior, deliverer. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. What does that really look like? It sounds good, but that means you get wisdom in the courtroom where God will give you favor. He's the distributor of the favor of God in the courtroom. Come on, talk to me. Some of us, you know, if you're in the courtroom, you need some wisdom. You need some favor. So, Lord, I thank you. You're the judge of all judges. I thank you that you turn this judge's heart the way that he should turn, the way that he should go. And I thank you for favor. You surround me like a shield with favor, like favor or with favor. All right. So whatever you command, not of the father, but of the situation in my name, I will do. So whatever we say in the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus is doing it. It's as if if Jesus is there. When we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, it's as if Jesus is praying. It's as if Jesus is praying. God the Father hears me like he hears Jesus. I learned this a long time ago. Jesus said this at the, um, um, I think when he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. I dare you. I double dog dare you to pray that prayer. Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. That's going to build your confidence up in God. I thank you that your ears are always open to the righteous, that you hear me when I pray. You incline your ears to my sins. You incline your word, your ears to my prayers. For the Bible says in Proverbs that you delight in the prayers of the righteous. I thank you, Father, for delighting in my prayers. I thank you that my prayers is a sweet aroma in your ears. 
That, that makes sense, right? Uh, in your nose, right? But you get the picture. Uh, I thank you that I offered this prayers up to you. Okay. All right. So let's go back to Ephesians 1 and uh, let you go. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. We reign with him. We also going to suffer with him. What's the suffering? Glad you asked. John 15 verse 18 says, if the world hates you, it's going to hate me. That's the suffering that we're promised to suffer with Christ. God did not do these things for himself or Christ only, but he did those things for his children. Everything that Jesus did, he did for the glory of God and for the benefit of humanity. Did you hear me? Everything that Jesus did was for the glory of God and the benefit of humanity. Now, how many know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? This is my last scripture, Psalm 115. Psalm 115, verse 16. Psalm 115, verse 16. It says, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to who? The children of who? Man. <laughs> this changed the game. Now, we've got scriptures that says, the, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all that dwells therein, right? Uh, but here he says, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given unto the children of men. The earth belongs to who? Us. We are heirs of God. Because the world is the Lord's, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, then this earth belongs to us. We are what? Heirs of God. So whatever is his is ours. Come on, man, this should change your life. Whatever God has, it belongs to you. Man, he got victory. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to me. Not because I earned it, not because I'm somebody special, but he gave it to me. He gave, if he gave me his righteousness, he'll give me what I need and what I desire. As long as it's aligned with his word. Romans 8 talks about if he spared not his only son, how much more would he freely give you all things? I think we walk in beneath our privileges. We're walking like peasants instead of walking like servant kings and lords. Jesus is what? King of and Lord of. Uh, Romans 1, Revelations 1 says, He's made us kings and priests unto our God. So act like a king. Act like a lord. Not lord, not lord over each other. But Lord over circumstances, Lord over situations, Lord over your finances, Lord over your health. Be heirs of God. Represent God in every aspect. This changed today. This circumstance has changed today. This will be such and such. Not talking, not pulling something out of the sky, but what his word says. This will go according to the word because I'm his voice. I'm his ambassador. I represent, I'm Christ's representative on the earth, and what I say, God backs up, because I'm going to say what he says. Amen. Amen. So when this age is over, he's going to, he's, he's going to give us the earth again, right? We're going to reign just like he's reigning in heaven. God's original plan for man or for humanity, he will, it will be fulfilled. 
So when you're praying this prayer, you're praying for you to understand what he did for you in Christ, how valuable you are to him, what belongs to you as his child and his what he expects from you, which is what is the hope of the gospel. This prayer will change you. It will help you to see what God did in Christ and that you to know God better. These are the applications. One, when you pray this prayer, you're praying to know God better. You're praying to know God better. Number two, you're praying, when you pray this prayer, you're praying that the eyes will be open, that your eyes will be open. Number three, you're praying that you'll come to know the hope of the gospel. What is this hope that the gospel promises? Number four, you're praying that you'll know who you are in Christ and what belongs to you as part of your inheritance. You're praying that you will know who you are in Christ and what belongs to you as part of your inheritance. You're also praying that you will know the riches of his, his inheritance and the saints. In other words, you're praying how value, that you'll know how valuable you are to him. Last but not least, you'll know, when you pray this prayer, you're praying to know the power and authority that we have in Christ. Let me say that again. One is that you'll know God better. Two, that your eyes will be open. Number three, that you'll know the hope of the gospel. Four, that you'll know who you are in Christ and what belongs to you. Number five, you'll know how valuable you are to him, to God. And last but not least, you'll know the power and authority you have in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I pray for these, your people, that you'll bring them into this understanding revelation of what this apostle Paul prayed. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.